Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome on into Morning Footy. Happy Thursday. Got uh, my friends on the desk with me again this morning. Alexis Guerrero's Michael LaHood joining the show back from his Christmas break. Yeah. Happy to have him with us. The <laughs> mood. And, uh, <laughs> is, that, is that something new I missed? Christine MVP of the day, joining us back again this week as well. I'm Ali Trost-Martin. And, uh, yeah, Lamoud, that was Alexis decided. That's yeah. what the Guerrero's not. It was a LaHood mood or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, nah, yeah. it's LaMood. La Mood. Oh, we're squeezing it. Make a little I like, I like it. Yeah. A la mood. Yeah, there you a la go. Mo- a la nice. a la mo- a la yeah. yeah. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk some Premier League action, shall we? Because it has been rocking and rolling this week. And uh, here are the results from Wednesday. Wolves with a big 4-1 win over Brentford. Chelsea get the 2-1 win at home against Crystal Palace. And Everton thought they were going to maybe make a run against Man City. But Man City just too strong. Three unanswered to get the 3-1 win. Let's start with this Chelsea and Crystal Palace matchup because uh, it was Mudrik heating up two goals in the last three matches for Chelsea in all competitions, and this would be the crucial opening goal for the Blues. This, look at this, first of all. Mm. The not giving up, this was actually a pretty bad turnover that converts to a goal. But uh, great cross, Mudrik scores, and look at Mudrik's reaction. Even he don't believe he scored. He yeah. looked around a little bit like, is this... Is this real? What's going on? He finally tied his boots on right because we've seen him hit that so wrong. But this kid, Michael Oli, say he had been up for a bigger contract. Would he stay? Would he go? I love that first touch. This is a player who scored against Manchester City. So you know he's got confidence off that goal, and he shows it on this goal against Chelsea. He's cool and calm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chelsea just couldn't quite clear the ball there, but it wouldn't matter. They would find the game winner off of a penalty. Here's the foul that led to the shout, and... Late penalty, disappointing for Crystal Palace, but huge, huge yeah. for, for Chelsea. We Did I call the 1-1 draw yesterday for them? I think I, I did. I think you did. <laughs> See, I could have been so right. You yeah, could have yeah, been. You could have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Right. <laughs> could have been. You wow. and a guy who doesn't know how to explain to his wife that he doesn't have the rent anymore are saying the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, like, I'm so, so right. Is this why I don't gamble? Yeah, but I was yeah, mostly same. right, babe. Yeah. <laughs> you were mostly right. But, uh, Michael, what did we learn about Chelsea yesterday with that win? Because this has been a team that has struggled with a lot of injuries, and they put out their youngest lineup in that matchup. What was your big takeaway? It is that Christopher Nkunku, 
he could be the real deal. He is the missing link. This is his first start for Chelsea FC. He's been injured. We saw a glimpse of this in that preseason tournament. And him and Nico Jackson, they have that telepathic connection. You put him in at the attacking midfield position. And I, I liken it to Chelsea are a bunch of musical instruments. You have your, I don't even know musical instruments, so I'm not even gonna try. I know the trumpet, the trombone, <laughs> and that's where it ends. But they're different Those instruments. I know instruments you're like, it's know. a bunch of bassoons. Yeah, but they're, they play like bassoons, but they're a bunch of musical instruments with no conductor. And I believe that this guy is their conductor, their composer. He's involved on that first goal and just that deft touch. He's a playmaker. You saw it for the French national team in a glimpse. He gets the injury ahead of the World Cup. He's a player that I'm excited to see if he stays healthy. What happens with Chelsea and what happens with the French national team? I needed a better conductor in fifth grade band. <laughs> Not a Did shock your, you were in band. band yeah, yeah. The horn section? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they carried the they carried the weight of that. Yeah. I was the really poor clarinet player sitting. <laughs> I was going to say triangle. No, yeah. no, triangle. I was clarinet. Come on, give me some respect, Alexis. It's a woodwind, right. if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, I think I, I want to just piggyback on what you've said about Chelsea. Mm. We've seen they, they clearly have a lot of talent. They have so many players. The tough, the toughest job is putting it all together. And sometimes you can get an entire squad together, but be still missing one piece, or someone just be out of position. So to see certain players start to get that sort of pick of their roles. Now it seems like a lot of pressure has been lifted off Mudrik. It seems like the midfield now has more pieces to pass to. It seems like things are just a little bit more alleviated. And this is against a Crystal Palace, which has played well against some of the biggest clubs. And I also want to give a little bit of a shout-out to Chris Richards, hey. who played incredibly mm-hmm. well as a defensive he midfielder. Did. In fact, the goal that we saw, yeah. he's the one that caused the turnover. Mm-hmm. His, his, his prowess and defensively caused that turnover, which gives you the ball back in your own defensive Okay, see, half. now this I was right about yesterday. Mm. Yeah, you were yes, singing you were. Chris Richards' praises. And what did he I say? He's mm. responsible now for a lot of the disruptions, a majority of the interceptions. All of the tackles are getting to create these new chances. He's coming into his own as a defensive but, midfielder. You might hate I, it, but he's very good at it. I will, I will say, and it comes with reps, it comes with times, as a natural center back, as a player who can play in different positions, the one thing, the lack of mobility in the midfield. You saw it mm. on the goal. He's caught out of position, and maybe that's being a bit too harsh, but that only comes with experience there. I think, and I wonder, with Tyler Adams' injury record, could we be seeing someone who can fill in? Could you have another option if you're Greg Berhalter? Look at this kid, and if he's doing it against the West Ham's, the Manchester Cities, it's not his first start in the middle of the park. He's doing it at a no, high it's level. Like his sixth I'm interested to see how much further he can go playing in the Premier League and the U.S. men's national team. Michael, we had this conversation yesterday, and there were kind of differing opinions on the desk when Freddie Dew was with us mm. as well. What's your take on some of these young American players getting experience, getting minutes, but maybe not in the position that Greg Berhalter ideally wants them? to be playing. It, is, that, is it more of a positive or more of a negative, do you think? I think depending on Greg Berhalter, Greg Berhalter is fixed to this 4-3-3 system, and he's going to have to be flexible because when you're getting players playing in different positions, it gives you a different painted picture. It gives you something that you may not be thinking of as a national team coach, and you have friendlies, you have some opponents, that Chris Richards, you're looking for the heir apparent to Tyler Adams, and maybe you can put, what, Luca De La Torre's played in that position. Why not throw Chris Richards in the next friendly. The kid's playing with confidence right now. He's doing against the best sides in the Prem. Why not build his confidence on the international stage? It's all dependent on Berhalter, not the players. Not only that, though, is he doing it. He's also aware of what his deficiencies are because he's come out already straight ahead and said, this is what I need to work on. And coincidentally, Mm. one of those things is exactly what you picked off his small error there. He's learning a lot how to press from the front. He's also figuring out where he needs to be in that space because remember, as a center back, like you have a very defined role, okay? 
and also more running. So if anything, mm-hmm. Berhalter's going to get back a more spry, more fit, um, Chris Richards. Yeah. I think. I mean, the six is one of the most important, but also one of the hardest positions on the field, no doubt. So shout out to Chris Richards for really taking that challenge on. I think that says a lot about his mentality as well. Um, another team that's showed a, a strong mentality, as we know them to have, is Manchester City, another team that, despite a growing list of injuries, able to come out and get a big win despite going down a goal against Everton. No surprise, really, though, but... Hey, I don't know. We got to give uh, credit to Everton for at least coming out strong and, and putting the uh, last year's league winners, the trouble winners, uh, maybe on notice here. And I that mean, was a clinical goal. It's basically. your boy, though. Yeah, this is former NYC player. It's your boy. Former Manchester City player. Yep. Scoring against his old team. Obviously, he was with Leeds down in the uh, second division, gets brought up, sold to. Uh, to Everton, great goal, but Manchester Oof. City doing what Manchester City does. What an absolute golazo by Phil Foden. You can't give him a chance at the spot. I mean, at this point, the, the game has been done. But you just, I, I mean, more more mistakes here. Look at this, what an easy day yeah. done. I mean, you want to give you want to give a shout out to Everton for what we all said they were going to do. They were going to be compact. They were going to play defensive. They were going to be disciplined. But there's only so so much you can do against Manchester. And they City did it well for the entire first half. They held yeah. City for an entire. They half. won the first half. Yes, I would. I you don't would get say, points for that. I would say <laughs> Jordan Pickford gets a big nod and a big shout out for that because. In that first 30 minutes, Phil Foden had a chance. Julio Navarez had a point blank chance in the first, what, 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. Pickford standing on his head. But then Pickford happened. It's the two sides of Jordan Pickford that made you lose your mind. It makes me lose my dread. Well, mm-hmm. I think I still yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it makes me lose my dread sometimes. Yeah. And you see it on that third goal. And it's Julian Alvarez. We got to talk about this kid and give him more flowers because he forced a turnover. He is yep. a pressing machine. He's an energy machine. And he's becoming that goal-scoring reliability that Pep Guardiola and his team needs. Do you what think team? that that penalty kind of disrupted Everton's kind of mojo a little bit. It feels like mm. by that point the game was already lost yeah. to yeah. some degree. I feel like, you know, uh, Even Manchester City time. started clicking. Yeah, I feel like at that point Manchester City had already started clicking and you could see where the deficiencies were in the style that Everton wants to play, which is they're really they're only they only got one gear and they're going to do it. They're going to keep doing it whether you like it or not. And at this point it worked against them. And you know, Julian Alvarez, I mean, one of the it's got to be so frustrating for other teams. Your star striker, one of the best strikers in the world is out and here comes Someone else who could be a, one of the best strikers in the world. It's just got to be so frustrating to play against this squad. Well, you think of where these different players are playing, the flexibility that Pep Guardiola's side has shown. Phil Foden, in the Champions League, in the Premier League, it doesn't matter where you play this guy. I still think his best position is as attacking midfielder. He did it with the English youth as team. As a 10? As a 10. Yeah, I agree. And playing underneath a player like Julian Alvarez, it gets the best out of him mm-hmm. because with Lionel Messi, and no, Phil Foden is not Messi, but with a playmaker underneath him, Alvarez makes brilliant runs, and now he has someone who can feed him. Mm-hmm. Bernardo Silva as well, cashing in from that right-hand side. I love it from Pep. I just wish they wore a red jersey, not a blue one. <laughs> No, but that's just me. You're not uh, a fan. Yeah. We, mm, that's brutal. Our condolences yeah. Yeah. are with you during these uh, difficult times. But yeah. I, it's, it's <laughs> funny talking about this Man City team and all of you know, what's clicking right now, despite having not seen Erling Haaland as he works his way back into the squad coming off an injury. I mean, I, 
Like, what do you make of what this Man City team is is still growing into, coming into a really crucial stretch here when we know they turn they tend to just turn up They're the still heat. a Goliath, right? Yeah. They have a starting mm-hmm. 11 for their starting 11's 11. Oh, yeah. exactly. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, they don't have a B squad. They have an <laughs> AA squad. <laughs> yeah. Triple A. They, have, they have so much depth in all the spots that matter, if yeah. not all of them, mm-hmm. that they have no real deficiencies. And then you have Pep, who's, who's Pep. Yeah. Who will magic will pull a rabbit out of a hat no matter what. Yeah. No, it, it's uh, scary times for uh, everyone higher up in the yeah. table because it seems <laughs> like Man City, especially when they start getting more and more of these players back, it's going to uh, it's going to be tough times for the rest it's of the Premier It's the League. most horrific time. <laughs> time of the year. Well, here's a look at uh, the two games kicking off later on today. Brighton and Tottenham at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Tottenham can move into the top four with a win. Arsenal will host uh, West Ham United. That one at 3.15 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. And Arsenal need a win to get back into first place. So those are the matches coming up later on this afternoon. But we'll take a break here on Morning Footy. When we come back, Freddie Lomeli is in studio with some headlines. Stick around. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, big news out of Juventus center back Bremer has signed a contract extension through 2028. And how about this a little chirping with the announcement as he takes out his phone, keys and other items suggesting in that clip with Leao and Osiman that he's got those guys in his pocket. I've never seen anybody draw an eight like that. Um, I, that, was, that was a long What thing. a cursed eight. What a... <laughs> I'm worried now. I'm worried about that. I mean, are we mm. sure it's through 2028? That could have been any number. Maybe that, that was, was his intention. Yeah. It looks like an ampersand. <laughs> <laughs> Look, who makes yeah. an eight like that? That's... I'm worried. Does, is he a lefty? And they just didn't want him to write that way? He, actually, he, writes, he writes with his feet. Yeah. Christine, <laughs> Christine you, were, you were admiring something. Was it the, the writing? Was it the, the suit? Was it something else? It was else? definitely the suit. Okay. Uh, Bremer just carries himself very well. Yeah. And he looks amazing in a suit. And I'm sure that is definitely Loro Piana because mm. they have a deal with Juve. Uh-huh. And Full double-breasted. Very Loro Piana, call very me. Sharp. I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> very sharp. Well, <laughs> if only that that nice trim could have helped his, his hand stabilize. Maybe that's what he needs. Eight. He needs a heavier watch, and it would yeah. have helped. Cool yeah. question. With the, with the suit, with everything else, the bling, what if he pulled out a Prius key? Does, yeah. that, does that take well, the shine away? I'm pretty away? sure Juventus would immediately remove him from the squad because <laughs> Jeep is their sponsor. Ah, <laughs> that's like Jeep. him wearing like a Roma kit, you know? <laughs> Not him pulling Jeep. up to his contract extension in like another kit. Like, yeah. I just decided to show up with my inter kit on today. Like, sure that won't cause any problems? Yeah. <laughs> no, nope. not at all. Well, 
I, I'm always here for a little social media trolling. So uh, well done and congrats to Bremer and uh, Juventus congrats on the extension. Yeah. yeah, huge, huge signing. But uh, let's send it on over to our friend Freddie, who's back with some headlines. Freddie. Buenos dias, amigos. So no fashion police for Bremer, definitely. I'm going to take some notes because I like myself <laughs> some nice suits from time to time as well. Amigos, let's start the day with news out of the Premier League. Manchester City center defender John Stone suffered an ankle injury during Wednesday's 3-1 victory over Everton following a clash with Beto. Stones has made just eight appearances for the club this year due to a hip injury keeping him off the pitch from August to October. During post-match remarks, coach Pep Guardiola noted that Stone's injury, quote, doesn't look good, end quote. Man City has been dealing with several injuries in recent weeks, including star striker Erling Haaland. The Norwegian's return from injury has been put on hold once again, and so it still remains unclear just when he will be able to return for Manchester City. On Wednesday, manager Pep Guardiola shared that Haaland is training a lot, but not quite with the team yet. Haaland missed City's 3-1 win over Everton on Wednesday and has now missed the last six games. In some transfer news this morning, Man City is reportedly closing in on the signing of one of the most promising young talents in South America, and this is quite exciting. According to multiple reports, City's finalizing a $28 million transfer for Argentinian young star Claudio Echeverri. The 17-year-old River Plate product is coming off a breakout performance at the Under-17 World Cup, where he scored that famous hat-trick against Brazil in November. Echeverri will stay on loan with River Plate for the first year of his City deal. And Brazilian rising star Vitor Roque, remember this name because he arrived in Barcelona on Wednesday and is set to begin training with the team on Friday. The 18-year-old striker joins Barcelona from Atlético Paranaense after signing for 40 million euros. His contract will run through 2031 and his buyout clause is a whopping 500 million euros. Roque will begin officially playing with the team in January. His La Liga debut will come on the heels of a quite successful season with Atlético PR in Brazil, scoring 21 goals and 44 appearances during 2023. And some Americans abroad news. Joni Cardoso's long-rumored move to La Liga is now official. The 22-year-old U.S. men's national team midfielder has completed his transfer to Real Betis from Brazilian side Internacional. Cardoso finalized his deal on Wednesday, signing a deal that will reportedly run through 2028 in a transfer worth $6 million. Mike LaHood, this seems like a solid landing spot for Cardoso, but how quickly do you expect him to get into the fold with Real Betis, and how is this going to really benefit the U.S. men's national team? He's going into a side that loves to play their possession-oriented team, but he faces stiff competition. You have Andres Cuadrado, who the former Mexican international, he's a regular. William Carvalho, who plays for Portugal, he's a regular. Mark Roca, who their manager loves to play him, played for Leeds last year, also has quality experience in the league. I think I like the fact that he's going to Spain. I like the fact that he's going to Europe. But I don't know if this is the right team because it's going to be a lot of competition for playing time. He's going to have to fight his way onto the, onto the squad. Mm. And what I like about this team is from everything I've heard from former players, players that have gone there, players that wish they were there like Bellerin last year, they talk about how much of a community this club is and how much of a family they, they are, especially with the players and the, and, the, and the front office. So this feels like the right place to develop a young American, especially with the time he's had in Brazil. He's shown he has the quality. He's shown when he gets minutes with the U.S. Men's National team squad he has talent it just continues we need to see continuous development this is very similar to Pepe fight your way onto the squad get yourself in that first 11 yeah and really show me something. and hopefully he does it a lot sooner than Pepe is managing too I just feel like that is becoming a major issue where they get into these squads and even like Chris Richards 
was seeing very few minutes prior to all of a sudden making that transition mm -hmm. where you're fighting for minutes in any position that you're willing to play, there has to be a better solution. Like, we're moving yeah. in the right direction, but it's just not enough. I think the thing he, he, he has a, a benefit from, though, is that Betis plays in different competitions. It's not just La Liga. It's not just a league focus. They have Copa del Rey. I think their next match is against Alaves. And then they have the Conference League as well. And you know that you can't be spread thin. You don't play the same group over and over again. A Betis side that sits in seventh right now, they're going to want to spread the wealth in terms of minutes. And for Cardoso, he's become a bit of an Ironman in Brazilian football, play 20-plus matches per season, and that reliability, that responsibility he can take in that midfield. But it's really going to come down to, can you take, like Pepe has done, can you take maybe those 10-minute increments, mm -hmm. those 15-minute increments of playing time, and make him count? Yeah, yeah, Pepe's certainly done that, but he's got the impossible task of playing behind Luke de Jong right now, yeah. who's mm -hmm. in incredible form. <laughs> and you could say Pepe's done a, a nice job. He's got five goals uh, with PSV, but, I mean, for Cardoso, it's not about, you know, where, when and where those minutes come. It's what you do with them, Michael do you have confidence that he will be able to find his way onto the squad? I think it's going to take time. I don't think that it's going to be this season. He's going to be a rotation player, a squad rotation. But it's in those big matches. It's in those cup competitions that you really earn the trust of the manager. And I remember that as a player in the U.S. Open Cup, which we've talked about a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so important <laughs> why a competition like that is important for young players, for new players. It's because it gives you a chance in a one-off game to earn the trust, to earn the right to play to earn the right to get in that team, and I think that could be it for him. Yeah, 100%. Plus, he's from Jersey. He'll be all right. Oh, he's a fighter. <laughs> yeah, 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 he'll be all right. He's Great. had Taylor Ham. You That's, know what I mean? <laughs> if you could survive that, you could survive that. Are we confirmed he's from a Taylor Ham region? He's Denville, so... Questionable. <laughs> it's on the fence. Really important analysis coming your way. <laughs> this morning. It's all about where you're from. You yeah. know, those roots. That's uh, right. All right, well, it's a treat for us. Jeff Shreves is back with us to talk some more Premier League. We've caught up with him a lot this week, and that's coming up on the other side of this short break. a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Morning Footy. Here's a look at some of the results from the Premier League midweek action. Wolves with a big 4-1 win over Brentford. Chelsea get the 2-1 win at home against Crystal Palace. Man City come back with three unanswered to beat Everton 3-1 on the road. And coming up later on today, Brighton will take on Tottenham and Arsenal will host West Ham United. Joining us now on the show to talk more about yesterday's matches and today's matchups is our good friend Jeff Shreves. Jeff, my friend, good to see you. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've all kind of spent the holidays together, it feels like. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've spent it half with my family, the other half with my morning footy family, which has been fantastic, Ali. Oh. But I think that the, the bottom line is it just shows what there's an absolute feast of football there is at this time of year. It, it's absolutely superb. Managers don't like it. Coaches don't like it. They complain. And I think they may have a fair point in some instances. I was just looking back at yesterday's matches, looking look at the amount of players missing, looking ahead to tonight's game, the amount of players missing. I saw you just now talking about Haaland as well. There's an awful lot of injuries right now. Um, one or two theories as well, why we're we seeing so many this season. Is it because we're having so much extra time since the World Cup? So, you know, games are lasting up to 100 minutes, sometimes more. Others are advancing the theory of VAR, the stop-start nature of the game now, because they're standing around for a decision to be made. But I don't know. I'm sure somebody will do a deep dive shortly, but it just feels like at the moment squads are really being stretched and also that the, the, the coaches are, are struggling with a sheer load of games. However, of course, they will get zero sympathy from the fans who will say, well, that's what squads are for. Use your whole squad rotate the squad and also we want to be entertained at this time of year <laughs> bring us footy and they certainly were yeah the only people not mad about the uh, the scheduled congestion that maybe players and coaches complain about are the fans getting to enjoy the matches at the pub but speaking of those injuries uh, two teams that are dealing with growing injury lists crystal are uh, uh, chelsea and manchester city both get wins yesterday what were some of your uh, reactions to yesterday's results well, I saw you talking about Haaland just there, just now, and he was asked after the game about him, Pep Guardiola, and he, he wasn't exactly decisive, but he said, hopefully, hopefully, he'll recover soon, which kind of indicated this isn't a long-term injury, but perhaps what was overlooked was the fact that Kevin De Bruyne, of course, we've not seen for eons, is now back training fully with the squad. So he's actually out on the grass training with the squad, so he should reappear soon. So... I think it's mixed news, but then again, they lost Joan Stones earlier to yet another injury as well. He's been so unlucky. Chelsea, once again, yesterday, they just about made it, didn't they? But horrendous miss from Nicholas Jackson. Really, really poor. They just they can't buy a goal at the moment. I know they won 2-1 thanks to a late VAR decision, an intervention, if you like. But Chelsea just don't look right. They still look like, to me, they look like a collection of individuals as opposed to an actual team. I think there's a lot of work to do there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went back into the trans market this um, January. They, they simply don't have the goals up top. But, I mean, yesterday's games, there were some terrific games around. Brentford, dear, oh, dear. I don't know if you saw the goals from that one against Wolves. They really did collapse. I mean, poor old Nathan Collins, worst possible day ever against his old club. He was at fault definitely for one, maybe for two of the goals. And I thought it was really interesting the way that Thomas Frank, his coach, dealt with it. He said to him, Nathan... It's not possible for it to be that bad again, so don't worry. <laughs> which, is, which is quite a clever line in ironic psychology, I think. But he's literally saying, listen, forget about it. It was that bad. It will never be that bad again. But they're really, really not in a good way right now, Brentford. They're going the wrong way. And they're looking, if you like, they're looking over their shoulder as opposed to looking upwards, which they were in the table earlier on. But, again, going back to that uh, victory of Manchester City's at Goodison Park, I think that was a huge win for them. Uh, I think Pep Guardiola realised that as well. The fact that it came from 1-0 down as well, it's a tough place to go. You've got real adversity. And look at this from Phil Foden. Just spots that little gap. Look to there. Look, just taken, Jordan Pickford, just taken a step one side and bang. 
he's, he's finished it. Really, really gutsy performance. And again, here, Bernardo Silva only needs a half chance. He's being fouled, chips the keeper from outside the box. They're such clever footballers, but as well as being clever footballers, they've got real grit. And again, Pep Guardiola said after the game, you know, talking about the desire to win the title for a record fourth breaking time on the trot. He said, it's in our bones. It's in our DNA. He, he said, I love this group of players. And when they turn in performances like that, who can blame him? Yeah. Jeff, I want to talk to you a little bit about a game that's going to happen today. Speaking of injuries, Arsenal has a couple injury woes and it looks like Havertz is suspended, so he won't be able to play in the game. They're undefeated, they're undefeated in the last 15 at home, but the last two matches against West Ham have not necessarily gone Arsenal's way. What do you see? Because if West Ham wins this, they hop over Manchester United. No, sorry to bring this up, <sighs> Michael. Uh, but they hop over Manchester United, get a little closer to Europe, where I think we all see West Ham belongs. What are your thoughts on this match? What do you see happening? Well, I think it'll be a really, really tight game because if you look at them over the last six games, they've both they've actually got identical records. Four wins, a draw, and a loss. So they're both in really, really good form. Now, the fact that Arsenal are at home, that should tip the balance in their favour. But West Ham right now, that they have got so many good players who are in form. The likes of Bowen, Ward-Prowse, Pakatar, Kudos as well. And this is a team, as you say, they could leapfrog Manchester United. And David Moyes made the point, because I think you, you know, Alexis, there are one or two West Ham fans who aren't happy with David Moyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't quite buy that argument, because as he said himself this week, if you look at the calendar year we've just had, which included winning a European trophy, this is probably West Ham's best year since 1965. And it's hard to argue with that. And this is all on the back of selling, arguably, the best player in England, last transfer winner. Of course, he's referring to Declan Rice. So they've done really, really well. They're a good team. They're an entertaining team as well. I think a lot of the, if you like, the criticism for David Moyes came from when he played that weakened side in the Carabao Cup at Liverpool. They saw it as a chance to win the Carabao Cup or certainly progress to the next round, the latter stages of the competition. But David Moyes made the point that the squad is so stretched, it's so thin, by resting players in, that's what enabled us to have a comfortable win over Manchester United. So it justified the end. You know, folks, I'm sure you agree. It, it's difficult for these coaches because they, they know realistically how much gas is in the tank of these players. And also when the red line, they're looking for, you know, they look, they are more susceptible to injuries as well. But at the same time, they've got to try and win as many points as possible. That's why you can see them prioritising certain games over others. Otherwise, it's just not feasible to put a bare 11 down, same starting 11, week in, week out, and hope and pray against injuries. Really, really important time of year this is in the Premier League. You know, you can't win the Premier League at Christmas, but you can lose it. Jeff, let's look at the other match. Brighton hosts Tottenham Hotspurs. It's a battle of two North London sides in terms of scheduling. But in this Brighton-Tottenham side or match, injuries have just beleaguered this Brighton side. Kadu Mitoma is injured six weeks out with an ankle injury. How much will they miss him in a big match like this? Well, him, Mike, him and Adringa as well. Uh, I think they've got about eight or nine players out at the moment. They've got no wins in the last three. Again, I think that we're back to the same subject, aren't we? They are really, really stretched. But Roberto De Zerbi, he is a, a committed coach 
and he's also an inventive coach. So he'll find a way. He'll find a way round it. But again, let's be honest, though, the visitors. So no Romero now for the next five weeks. He's out injured, so he's got the choice to make tonight. Um, who Postacoglu brings in to replace him. You know, he's already lost Mickey van der Ven, although they are talking him returning mid-January. So that's one of his centre-halves back. But just as he's on the horizon to return, he loses the other one. So it could be a reprieve for Eric Dyer, or it could be Emerson Royale. He's got to find somebody to fit in there. Again, though, look at what's going to happen in January. He'll, he'll lose Sonny to the Asia Cup. He'll lose Saar as well. And he'll also be Suma. As two, so really, really juggling. But look, Spurs right now, they're flying. What have they won? They last, yeah, won the last three, haven't they? Beat Everton last time out. So they're flying at the moment. They'll fancy their chances down on the south coast tonight. But I just think that Brighton's injury crisis at the moment tips the scales even more in Tottenham's favour. And do you give the uh, the edge to Arsenal or West Ham? Come on, Jeff. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> so I'm just removing seasonal splinters from sitting on this fence. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think home. I think home advantage uh, will see Arsenal through. The fact that they're at home, um, but West Ham won't be afraid of going there. They, they only know how to play one way these days, West Ham. I, I think it's unfair, some of the criticism on David Moyes. I don't think that they are as cautious as they used to be because of the type of players he's got there. Because, I mean, you saw some of Pocatessa's football in the game against Manchester United. The little dink with the outside of the foot, it was just delightful. But Arsenal have their own entertaining players too. But one concern I have for Arsenal is that the front three, as a three, they don't score enough goals. Jesus in the middle, he does an awful lot of work. He's dropping off everywhere. He's helping out teammates. But what they really don't have at the moment, they haven't got a fox in the box. They haven't got a 20-goal-a-season man right now. And I just wonder whether or not they will address that in the transfer window. Arteta has been saying he wants more goals from Declan Rice. He's the player we're all talking about tonight. I think he's got three so far this season. Needs to get forward more if his position allows it. Needs to contribute more goals to the team. Yeah, more consistent goal scoring for Arsenal, I think, is something that uh, we're all in agree with. But, Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, and uh, we look forward to catching up again soon. It's been a great holiday season with you. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been really fun. Some of my favorite memories for my holidays. I'm, I'm going to get myself a chair and, and come to the studio one day. I Wait, think that would be a lot easier for all of us. Absolutely. Jeff, yes. yes. it's yes, needed, dude. <laughs> we would love that. That would be fantastic. Always great chatting with you. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the games. Bye, folks. All right, coming up next here on Morning Footy, we are still in the holiday spirit. We've been giving out gifts left and right, and next up, we are giving out gifts to some MLS teams in need. Stick around. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. 